Good to see some uh, faces back from vacations and trips, and we know some are still on vacation, so let's keep those in prayer. So I'm going to go through a different psalm today, Psalm 40. Uh, not the entire chapter, but the first 10 verses. So definitely a different psalm than, than last week when we went through Psalm 32 and referred to Psalm 50, 51. But I think uh, the Psalms are good. Psalms are good. So let's uh, start in prayer. Thank you, Father, Lord, we just uh, thank you again for this time. Thank you for those that have been away and are, are back refreshed. Pray for those from our church that are uh, on vacation, uh, relaxing um, as the summer uh, starts to wind down. Uh, pray that you give them uh, relaxed time and uh, journey mercies back to our fellowship in the coming weeks. Uh, again, we thank you for this time we can come study your word in the book of Psalm and pray that uh, you would be with the uh, remaining services today uh, after Sunday school and at uh, 6 o'clock this evening. And thank you in advance for just uh, how great and mighty you are, how faithful you are, and uh, that we are able to study your word in freedom and uh, to learn about your truths uh, and the lessons you have for us on a day-by-day basis. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Psalm 40, verses 1 through 10. To the choir master, a psalm of David. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O Lord, my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. In sacrifice and offering you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. So we're going to cover the first five verses as as one part, as the first part, and then cover verses 6 through 10 as the second section. So the effect, the, the, the theme of these first five verses is the effectiveness of waiting and blessing. So we'll just go verse by verse. Verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. Sean, if you could turn to Psalm 146, verses 3 through 5. So we have David waiting patiently crying out to the Lord, intently waiting for the Lord, and we have two, there are two essential elements in waiting for the Lord 
waiting in humility and waiting in hope. And I think of that hope in Romans, that confident expectation, not that we're hoping or wishing that something's going to occur, but we know something will occur. Go ahead, John. 146, 3 through 5. Do not trust in princes, in mortal man, in whom there is no salvation. His spirit departs, he returns to the earth, and that very day his thoughts perish. How blessed is he who shouts the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God. There, just a reaffirmation of that, that hope. Um, who do we turn to, right? When, you know, we'll, we'll see in the next couple of verses when we're in that miry mog, who do we turn on, who do we wait on? But we know we have to wait patiently, right? It's not going to be that. It's in God's timing. We want our, our timing to be God's timing, but we know that it. You know, we have, to, and and that's not easy. You know, to wait patiently for the Lord to work His His will in in, in our lives. Verse two. He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. Dom, can you turn to Jeremiah thirty-eight six? So we, we have here um, really a sense of helpless, helplessness and desperation. The pit of destruction, the miry bog, right? We're sinking. Go ahead, Don. Okay, okay so, so, they took, so they took Jeremiah and they cast him into the dungeon of, of Malthia, the king's son, which was in the court of the church. And they let Jeremiah down with ropes. And in the dungeon, there was no water but mire. So Jeremiah sank in the mire. All right, so we have King Zedekiah, Zedekiah with Jeremiah sinking, 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 almost like, you know, almost like quick, quicksand type of thing. So definitely not, you know, the feet not secure, but the end of verse 2, set my feet upon a rock, might making my steps secure. So put on a firm ground, solid rock, feet secure, and so what we see in one verse from a sense of desperation to a sense of security. And we always know, we can always turn back to the security that, um, that we have through, through Christ in our uh, salvation and where we know we are going someday. And, you know, we need to, you know, kind of re- remember that. Um, and that we have that, you know, really going back to hope, that confident expectation that no matter what occurs, you know, God is there. And he gives us that security. Yes. Um, this is one of the verses my mother always used to tell me, always. And, uh, and I constantly think about Isaiah 40, 31. It says, but they, wait, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. Mm-hmm. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And, and um, you know, when, when I think about patience, you know, uh, obviously, man, we're in a microwave era where everybody, you know, wants everything done within their timetable. 
and you know, and it says those that wait on the Lord. So it's in His timing. Yeah. Yeah, that that is so hard, right? Because we are we're, we want instant gratification, instant decisions. You know, you um, yeah, you right. You apply for credit card, instant decision. No, apply for car. Oh, instant. De- you know, five minutes. You know, you know. But that's. You know, we we need to kind of step back and remind ourselves that, yeah, it's not always going to be in our timing or our our desired timing. It's you know, you may you may feel like you're sinking, and that the other there's just so so many trials or tribulations or things that are not going you know the way you want them to go, but. You know that that should encourage us, right, to to study more of the Bible, to pray more, uh, and to you know really focus, right? On I, think of, I think of like King Saul, and you know the fact that instead of waiting for God to send His man, you know uh, uh, Samuel, he decided to you know uh, worry about what the people were going to think instead yep. of thinking about God. And, Decided to do the sacrifice himself, which he not supposed to do. Yep. And what did it cost him? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that in uh, in a few minutes. Oh, my so bad. perfect. No, no, you're. <laughs> I can't read your notes. Yeah. <laughs> but that, you know, I think that also should you know being being patient, right? It's it's easy to be anxious or to worry or to stress, and. You know, how do we um, kind of overcome that or counteract that, right? It's not, it's not always easy. And it's easy to, right, it's also, also easy to say, oh, just, you know, go to your Bible, just pray, and everything will be, all of your anxiousness will be taken away. You know, I think it's, you know, there are, you know, many verses, uh, promises from God about, you know, being anxious or, you know, not being anxious, but again, those are easy to say, but it's harder to kind of actually spend the time and to focus on on those things that will that will help us. And it's it's right; it's not easy. It's not easy. Verse three: He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put trust and put their trust in the Lord. So we have, right, that really, you know, our, our feet secure, the new song in our mouth, a different outlook. But, you know, that verse ends that many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord, right? So if you've, you know, been able to get your feet secure, what are you, you know, that, that's good for you, but are you sharing that? What has happened to you, right? And that, it's not just for our benefit that we are secure, but it should also be for the benefit of others, right? So we should be sharing what what God has done in our lives, whether it's, you know, you know, making something possible when we thought it was not possible. But I, I think a key part of that too is also humility, right? And it wasn't us that did that it was all about God 
you know, and you can share and learn patience through these trials or, you know, things that, that happen in your life that you could not overcome without relying on God. So, right, we should be sharing those great things and, you know, that we're never losing hope. And then when, you know, we're, we get those feet secure, giving God the glory and not kind of put it back on something that, that we did, right? So, yeah, let me. That verse makes me think of, you know, putting a new song in my mouth and what we read before about being in the pit, in the cistern, and in the mire. It makes me think of a new mindset. You know, because it goes on to say that, you know, I will sing a song of praise to our God. So in spite of his suffering, in spite of everything he's going through, you know, he chooses to set his mind on the things above. And he's going to praise even even in where I'm at. I'm not happy, it's not good, I'm going to choose to praise God. Yeah, and the good times and the bad, right? Good. Verse 4. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. So they write the alternative to trusting in God um, and putting our complete trust in God is to turn to people or follow people that are only talk about themselves, right? Whether it's people that claim faith, uh, leaders, whoever uh, it may be, or even turning to false gods, right? And it may not be, you know, you're worshiping a, a false god, but it may be, you know, things that you do. What is your focus, right? So, you know, a reminder to not follow those that are boastful about the, what they've done in their faith or that is, that is not scriptural and to those things that would keep us from uh, having a close relationship with God. Both of, in both of those cases, it will keep our focus away from God and focused on others. And you know, bring that example of King Saul who trusted in himself and not in God and wanted to do things in his way, in his timing. Verse 5. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. And I just, you know, I see in this verse that it's God's wonders deeds are too many to number, right? Count our count our blessings and it's unfathomable what what God's wondrous deeds are. Uh, it's you know sometimes it's tough to comprehend, you know, just because we are we are human, right? And we, we just can't fathom, right? Like God created the heavens and the earth and everything in it. And, you know, when you stop and think about that, you know, that is, that's something that we can't, you know, truly fathom, right? It, it sounds simple, um, simple for God, right? But 
you know, for just, you know, just walking around or, or looking at mountains, trees, rivers, lakes, and just you know, the things in them, right? The, the wildlife, the fish, it's sunset, right? The, the planets, the stars. It's, yeah, I think of, Pastor will appreciate this, going up to uh, Northern Frontier and just kind of at, at night with no light seeing the, the, really the Milky Way and just how powerful that that is, right? It's, we were in, uh, on vacation and, and got to go to a uh, planetarium or yeah, telescope place, whatever. I couldn't think of it. <laughs> yeah, not a planetarium. Um, and just like as, as it got darker, you could, you know, there were no stars. And then there were a couple stars. And then there were more stars. And you're looking at different telescopes and looking at planets and, and different stars. And then it just, you know, by the time you leave, there's just stars everywhere. And like just how amazing. And I think we kind of take that, the wondrous works of, of creation and, and God for granted a lot of times and, and don't stop and think and praise God for that, right? You just, instead of just like, oh, I'm amazed, but thank you, God, for those things, that the amazement, right, that, that you're, that, um, that he has created and allowed us, right, to witness. Yeah, it, it makes me think, you know, how often we may not, we take it for granted. We're so used to seeing it. Romans 1 tells us that's the very thing that's going to condemn people mm. because they fail to right. do that. To acknowledge. How much less we? Right? Chuck? It just seems like a good place to say this. I'm not sure. In verse 1 where it says, I waited patiently. Um, my phone says that waited and patiently are both verbs, which we wouldn't think. But then more specifically, it's while I was waiting, I waited. And, and that got me thinking how there's some things like you have to wait. There's nothing you can do. You have to wait. But what you do while you're waiting is kind of a big deal. Mm. And the rest of this psalm, it's very easy to say, well, yeah, now David's saying it because, you know, God did all these things. God did deliver him. God, of course you're praising him now. But that very first word says, no, no, no. But, but when, while I was waiting, I waited. And you're right. We're surrounded by reminders, even if he hasn't actually done it yet. Right. We don't wait till he's done it because we're surrounded with in the past and the present, yeah. reminders that will help us have that patient waiting attitude while we're forced to wait. Right. And, and I think you're right. You see that a lot when David was running for his life, right? You know, many times he was, he had despair, and but at the same time, he knew that God was faithful, right? So that the way, I, I like how you put that. Thank you. That's great. So I think about the song we sing, Count Your Many Blessings. And again, if we look at you know, all that God has done. Um, if I would declare and speak of them, they would be too numerous to count. Yeah. And again, you know, uh, the problem is, is that, uh, you know, uh, again, I think of Peter. I, I, I wanted to stir you up by way of reminder. Mm-hmm. Right? We need to keep reminding ourselves all the things that God has done. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I think too, right, it, it's, it's even sharing amongst ourselves, right? We kind of take it and don't mention it like maybe something happened to you during the week right and you know are we sharing that with with each other to build each other up and to remind them? and I'm guilty I'm guilty of that right of you know like it's uh, 
you know, whether it's God keeping us safe um, or just anything, something that happens at work, at home, that, you know, went, went better than you expected or, you know, it's, we can, you know, praise God to each other, right? And it's a constant, it, it, I think it, it helps build us all up. Well, I think about when, you know, I was having a conversation with Mike yesterday, and part of it is, I'm not where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. Mm. You know, that's why we need to have that focus. Yeah. yeah. Now, very good. All right, that's the first five verses, and let's go now to the next um, five verses, six through ten. John, can you re- uh, turn to Hebrews ten, verses five through ten? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, John. <laughs> Spaced out with the last day for a second, John. John D. Hebrews 10, verses 5 through 10. Let me read verses 6 through 8 again. So Psalm 40, verses 6 through 8. In sacrifice and offering you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. Go ahead, John. Hebrews 10, 5 to 10. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering he did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. And burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you have no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. Previously saying, Sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings, and offerings for sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first, that he may establish the second. By that, by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Awesome, clear reference, right, to the Messiah in the Old Testament. And so that those verses are, are, are quoted again in Hebrews 10. Um, and it, we talked about it last week a little bit. We know that the Old Testament offerings were not sufficient enough for God. As soon as the, the priest did the sacrifice, it all started, the whole process started again. And we needed a complete and a perfect sacrifice in Jesus. And I like too the you know that the giving sacrifices with with a sincere heart. We need to have that sincere heart. So, great promise that we have in in that section of, of Psalm. And I do I do love how in the New Testament you see the the repeated references, right? Not just to, to Psalms, but throughout Scripture, there were you know the the repeating, right? Paul Paul is famous for that to to quote the Old Testament. But it, you know, and again, Hebrews, as we, as pastor studied the book, you know, a while back, right? We, we talked about how Jesus was greater, right, and his sacrifice was greater than than the Old Testament uh, visual uh, sacrifice, and 
we can have that, we know we have that promise of uh, Jesus' sacrifice. We're talking about in verse 6, let me read that again. In sacrifice and offering you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. So we talk about the op- an open ear. It can represent hearing and obeying and dedication to God. So use our ears to hear. What do we do, right? We need to obey and we need to be dedicated to God and his promises. In verse 7, Then I said, Behold, I have come in the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. So we have, again, talking about not only did Christ do the will of the Lord, but he delighted in this. Joey, can you turn to Hebrews 12, 2? And again, the verse says, I delight to do your will, O my God, your law is within my heart. Verse 8, Psalm 40. Go ahead, Joe. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the king, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. Yeah, so again, Jesus knew what he was about to endure, but, you know, Christ knew that he had to do God's will and he delighted in that because right he he knew that had to be done for redemption you know for our redemption the law within our heart and again how powerful is that right our you know God's word is is written in our heart verse 9 I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. So another reminder that we should be sharing what God has done in our lives. We talk about the the glad news of deliverance. Right. Glad news leads to the good news, which is the gospel. And again, should encourage us, you know, that we have been so blessed, right? And that, again, God chose us to be delivered and to, be, to become righteous, Verse 10, I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. So God's righteousness is on display in this verse. And we know that his righteousness is not changing, not unchanged, right? It is always there. We change. We do things. We may, you know, we, we change all the time, right? We kind of lose focus. Um, but God's, God does not change. And again, another important promise that we have. Faithfulness, right? God keeps his word. 
in the you know in the scriptures. He made a covenant with us. We see salvation. He stands by and acts on behalf of his people. Committed love, right? There's not there's not a greater commitment to love than Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and taking our sins on that cross. And then truth. All that God has revealed about himself and Jesus, and we know that we have the confidence that that can be relied upon. So I I think really a a great wrap-up to that section. Let me read that verse again. I have not, verse 10, I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness, your salvation. I have not concealed your, concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. So, multiple promises in that verse. And they're all more than we deserve, but it should be just you know a reminder, right? We talked about it earlier. You know, where we have waiting, humility, and we have hope. And then when delivered, giving God the glory, and then we see all, you know, a lot of attributes of God and Jesus, unchanging, faithful, committed love, and truth, right? And so that should be our desire to be faithful, to build each other up, and to share the truth and to make certain that we are sharing the correct biblical truth, right? So, and not turn away or listen, you know, with our ears to uh, things that would, would turn us away from God. That's all I have. Any uh, additional comments? I know it's a few minutes early, but I think there's a lot of, lot of stuff that, you know, that we're able to cover. And again, good reminders of... God's promises and blessings. Yeah, Joe. Uh, just looking at verse 6 again. Uh, in sacrifice and offering, you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. For offerings and sin offering, you have not required. I can't help but focus on the fact that it says that you have given me an open ear. And like you said, that means the ability to you know, have a heart that's devoted, that wants to obey. Um, and we know that we play a part in our obedience. Obviously, it's not fully God, but... Um, you know, it, he's the one that determines what he delights in. He's the one that determines what's required. So when people had to give the goats and lambs and whatever it was, that's just because it's what he wanted. And now, you know, obedience to what he wants. But um, it's just kind of convicting to me because how many religions are there where the followers of said religion are told to give something or obey in a way that's impossible. Like they literally are not able to, whether it be a call to perfection or something that they are incapable of doing. And yet they're giving so much effort still nonetheless. And then it's convicting to me like how much effort am I putting in to my relationship with the God who's enabled me to actually obey him. That is an impossible that he's given me an open ear. Like he's, you know, given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So it's just a you know little bit of conviction there to, to really look and see, you know, thank you God that not only do you say what 
you want, what you require, but you also empower me with it. So now, how am I doing my part in taking hold of that? Thanks, Sean, because I was, I was kind of I was looking around back in my notes just to kind of hit, hit some of those key words, and you, you went right back to the verse 6, right? That's what I was kind of looking for to kind of wrap up, right? We're hearing it, but we need to obey and have that dedication to God. And right, how those other right religions, those the people there, you know, they put us to shame, right, with their dedication to a false religion, right, a false a false god. And we know we have the true God, right, and He is real. Um, and how often we take that for granted, right? And you know, we we hear it, but are we fully dedicated, right? And that's. That's that's not easy to do. It takes work, but that's you know we should be desirous of that. Yeah, John. You already said it. You look at nine ten. I am told I'm, I'm going to read my. Book. Yes. Yep. Go, please. I have told the glad news of deliverance. I have not restrained my lips. I have not hidden your deliverance. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed. Your steadfast love. I'm going to say guilt trip. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But we get this. Like, who needs to hear about our deliverance? Who needs to hear about our salvation? Who need, The world needs to hear. And, okay, God will do that. But yep. twice here he says, I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Right. So the, the Hebrew says, in the assembly of righteousness. Yep. And then later on, I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. So I, I know you already said it. But I think it needs to get hit yeah. home. You know, if God tells you to go across the street, go across the street. Do it. But he's told you, you need to be here and not just filling up you and not just listening. You need to be encouraging other believers with what God is doing in your life. You cannot be concealing his steadfast love and his faithfulness from the great congregation. You need to be telling the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. And I don't know, maybe it's just me, maybe it's how I was raised I just don't feel like that gets emphasized enough. It's like, well, they already know it. They don't need to hear it. All right, well, then you argue with the Bible. Because the Bible's telling you the people who already know it are exactly the people that you're supposed to be stirring up and sharpening and encouraging so that when those opportunities go across the street happen, they happen. But sometimes people are so desperate to get across the street that they just take the people around them for granted. The Bible says the exact opposite. Yeah. And I know you said it, but it's really... No, no, no. I, I, I love that because, right, we don't know what our brother or sister is dealing with internally, and maybe they don't want to share maybe they won't share it. But if you're, you know, showing God's faithfulness, maybe that will encourage them to, to be patient, to have that, that hope. Or maybe it's going to open them up to share something to you that, like, wow, that, that person normally doesn't, doesn't share... And maybe it will encourage each other, right? So encouragement, because we don't know what each one of us are are, are facing on a day-to-day, a week-to-week basis. Um, and maybe it's that encouragement that that person needs needs to, to hear to, to be strengthened, right, spiritually, and to be encouraged, right, and to be more faithful in the, in the things of God. So, yeah, it's... Yep. Sure. I just want to say, like, there's verse 10 also. I mean, I'm going over the song, and I wrote a note in my Bible. I need to work on this. Uh, witnessing and, like, going. 
you know, like John said, across the street, you know, because sometimes it's like, oh, something's going on, and, you know, it's, you know, you don't do it. So when I read this, and I was convicted by that, like, because I think I, sh you know, I need to work on doing that more. Yeah. Like when I see a need, don't just, I don't you know, maybe somebody else could handle that or, you know, I have so much on my plate, but if God's showing me, then I should act on it and go do it. Yep. You know. Yeah, right. It's so easy to make an excuse, right? Because I think of like, you know, like, use an example like men's Bible study, right, on, on the Saturdays. And it's like, you know, uh, uh, God's put a thought in your head to share, and you're like, you're just almost there to share, and then you just kind of like, eh, let, you know. That you don't share that, right? And that's that's should be shared, right? Because we don't don't know what what you know kind of impact that that can have, and it's so easy to kind of uh, don't you know, uh, or I'll I'll sound stupid, right? Or I'll it, it does, does that make you know? So I think it's easy to kind of you know not say something right to to uh, a fellow believer, but it's just uh, just a reminder to. Not be shy, not be scared, um, and you know it's, it. Will, I think it can be a blessing to both or, or to a group of, of people. Thank you all for your uh, your comments. I think uh, yeah, definitely an enjoyable enjoyable psalm, as they all are. So let's close in prayer. Dear Father, Lord. We thank you again just for your steadfast love and your promise to us that you uh, will not uh, forsake us and you have promised to be faithful. Pray for patience. We pray for boldness in, in sharing uh, not just to unbelievers but to those in our, in our congregation that what, what you have done for us, the many blessings uh, that are uncountable and uh, pray that uh, you would strengthen us as a result of that and again pray for uh, the word of God that will be spread today in the, the service following thank you uh, for your faithfulness again in Jesus name amen